Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So he was standing. So when he says, look, you remember that time when you fled? Yeah. Okay, now you give thanks. What am I going to give thanks for? The, The fact that God was standing. What message did that send to Jacob from seeing God standing at the top of the ladder? No message with that. Does that make any difference? Okay. He's standing there. He's standing there at the top of the ladder. And when, when do you stand up? When you're sitting down, when do you stand up? When, <laughs> when I ask you to stand. When you, know, you, you stand up because when, when, you're, when you've got a real, whoa, this is important. You know, let's all stand to read the scriptures. Why? The scriptures are important. You know, see, it, so for God to be standing at the top of the ladder in Jacob's case, was showing to Jacob, I'm important to God. He's taking a special interest in me. It's not just, you know, oh, yeah, Jacob, another problem. Yeah, go take care of it. I don't want to deal with him. Yeah, and then he runs, and then he runs. He doesn't sit there and says, well, it's about time you go back here. (laughs) He ran to him. See, so that's it. So So Jacob, be thankful for the attention that God puts on you. Now, 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 and then what did he see the angels doing on the ladder? They were going up and down. They're going up and down. What message did that send to Jacob? He sees these angels going up and down over his head as he slept there. There's a communication there. That's God's servants. They're in constant action, helping Jacob, bringing messages back, sending help down. So by building this altar, Jacob is expressing his thanks to God for making his angels' servants to be constantly in movement to help Jacob. And then in verse three, Jacob turns to his family and he tells them that why we're all going to Jacob. Hey, everybody, we're going to Jacob. What were the two reasons in verse three that Jacob gave to his family as to why he was gonna build that altar to God? Verse three. You look at verse three. Verse three, he's telling his family two reasons why he's building the altar. Okay, First, he answered me. That's the first reason. He's saying, I'm building this altar because God answered me. What's the second thing? He was with him. He was with him, right. So Jacob is thankful to God for answering him when he was fleeing from Esau. That's interesting. You know, we didn't read that about Jacob when we were, when we were, when we were studying that passage there. We didn't read Jacob was praying to God before he went to sleep that night, but he was, evidently. And he told his family he was. And it shows us something, you know, we didn't read about it. But, you know, people are praying to God and we don't have any idea. You know, that, that reminds me of what happened to Johanna in, in, in Montreal during the summer, during the summer blitz. She came to a door of a Jewish family. Young lady in her 20s answers the door. They talked for a few minutes. Then Johanna asked her the question, what will happen to you? He, she asked, 
She asked, what will happen to your question, you know? What would happen to you if you died today? See? The young lady stands there stunned. And then she just tells Johanna that, you know what? Before you opened the door, I'll be sorry, before you knocked on the door, she said, I was looking in the mirror asking myself that very question. God heard that lady's question and then sent Johanna there to answer with the words of the Lord Jesus Christ from John eleven twenty five. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. So in building this this altar here, Jacob is thankful to God for answering prayer. I mean, what prayers are you and I thankful to God for? Jacob built an altar for answering his prayer. What have you and I done for God as an expression of our thankfulness for specific prayers that God has answered? Okay, second, Jacob's altar here is an expression of his thankfulness to God for being with him during these 20 years. I mean, Jacob looked back over his 20 years, and he saw, I've been preserved. I've been blessed. And there's only reason, there's only one reason I can give you for that, and the reason is God. That's it. So here again, Jacob, he's a model for the Jewish people. He's a model for the Jewish people. Why? Because the Jewish people, they look at Israel today. You know what they say when they look at Israel? We did it. That's what they say. We did it. Just ask them. (laughs) But King David... He longs for his Jewish people to don't say that we did it, but to say God did it. And in, and, and in the Psalms, Jacob is training his people. When you look at Psalm 124, that's a whole training of King David, king of the Jews there, to train the people. The Psalm in Psalm 124, one says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us. You see what he's saying there? Israel, say this, if it had not been the Lord. Then they would have swallowed us up quick, and their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us, and the stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowler's the snare's broken. We are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. That's a training that King David is giving to them. Stop saying we did it and start saying God did it. Now, when you look at verse 7, what's the reason stated here again that Jacob built the altar? He says it again. That's right. And he says here, he says, he built an altar, and now comes this word, this word, because it's so important, it emphasizes the reason why Jacob is building the altar. You know, some might look at Jacob and say, well, Jacob, he's just building the altar because he's, uh, he's just especially religious. That's why he's doing that. But if you ask Jacob, why, Jacob, are you building that altar? He would say, clearly, I'm building this altar because of a specific event in my life, which was when God appeared to me when I fled from the face of my brother. Now, if someone's to ask you today, why do you go to church? I mean, could you give an answer like Jacob did? Could you cite a specific event in your life that you're so thankful to God for that that's the reason why you go to church to worship God? And now we see the name that Jacob gives to this altar in verse 7. He built there an altar, and what did he call it? El Bethel, El Bethel. So here Jacob, when Jacob names this place El Bethel, He's doing something very significant here. I mean, after all, it already had a name. 
The place was already called Bethel. What's the matter? You don't like that name, Jacob? We have a seminary called Bethel Seminary. <laughs> What's wrong with Bethel? Why would Jacob give a new name to the place that already had a name? The answer is because by renaming the place, Jacob is striving to emphasize something. The place already had a name, Bethel. What does Bethel mean? House of God, house of God. What does Elbethel mean? God of the house of God, that's it. So what is Jacob emphasizing when he feels this need to rename the place, the place God of the house of God? No, no, house of God's not good enough. Now it's gotta be God of the house of God. See, in his first name, and Jacob gave this name, by the way, Jacob gave both names. In his first name of Bethel, Jacob emphasized house. Wow, I'm in the house of God. House was the focus. But in his renaming of the place, El Bethel, Jacob is saying, no, wait a minute, I want to put a new emphasis here. And the emphasis is God. God was to be the focus. And there's a pretty big difference for Jacob in order for him to go all the trouble to rename this. The difference is not just, it's not just well, Bethel or house of God, but El Bethel. It's, it's, he just, Jacob did not just want Bethel or the house of God. Jacob wanted El Bethel or the God of the house of God. Jacob was so in love now with God that it didn't matter where or what place God was, he just wanted God. This name of El Bethel is an expression of Jacob's soul because we see other places in the Bible where there was, there was a renaming of a place and it's always to lay emphasis on a new point. You know, did you know that the city of Jerusalem, by the way, so Jerusalem, Jerusalem is a name. Does anybody know what Jerusalem means? Good, because nobody does. <laughs> nobody knows what it means. It's not a Hebrew name. It's not a Hebrew word. Its meaning is really unknown. I mean, the city of Jerusalem was already in place before the Jewish, by that name, before the Jewish people under Joshua came there. It was a heathen city. It was named by heathen people, Jerusalem. Nobody even knows what it means. Well, Jerusalem is going to get a new name. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's not the new name. But it's going to get a new name. And what it's going to get in, in Ezekiel 48.35, it tells you what the new name is going to be. Ezekiel 48.35, it's where it says it was round about 18,000 measures. And the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. That's the new name. That's the new name for Jerusalem. Jeho- Jehovah Shama. Shama. Yehovah Shammah, okay? What it, Shammah means there, over there. So, so Jehovah is there. That's going to be the new name. That's the name. See, that, that new name will be like El Bethel. You know, the, God is emphasized, Jehovah Shammah. See, God is there. That's what Jacob is emphasizing here. And the great point about this place is that he first names it Bethel, or the, the house of God, that's, and, and then he renames it El Bethel, just as, as God is God of the house of God, just as Jerusalem's gonna be named Jehovah Shammah, which is emphasizing God's there. But Jerusalem will also be given another name. So you got a lot of names for this city, so you know, you better, you better get used to it. But <laughs> in, in Jeremiah 33, 16, when all Israel is saved, then Jerusalem's gonna get another name. It says in Jeremiah 33, 16, in those days shall Judah be saved and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name wherewith she, Jerusalem, shall be called 
the Lord our righteousness. See, when the Jewish people are saved, when all Israel is saved, as it says in Romans, then Jerusalem's going to get another name, Yehovah Tzikenu, Jehovah Tzikenu, Jehovah our righteousness. But Jacob, he renews Bethel as El Bethel because that's how God called himself to Jacob. When it was time for Jacob to leave Laban, he said in Genesis 31, 13, Genesis 31, 13, God said, I am the God of Bethel. It's stuck in his mind. God of Bethel, that's the important part, God. He said, I am the God of Bethel where thou anointest the pillar and where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out from this land, that would be where Laban is, and return unto the land of thy kindred. See, all this renaming, this renaming from, uh, from Bethel to El Bethel, it confronts us with the question. It confronts us personally with a question. What do we want? Do we want Bethel or do we want El Bethel? See, are we happy with just Bethel in our lives or do we want to have El Bethel in our lives? It's, this is really a question of how in love are we with the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, to be happy with just Bethel in our lives is to say, well, I want to be a Christian, and I want the moral life, and I want the good values, I want the good church, I love the Bible. But seeing this renaming here in verse 7 of Bethel to El Bethel, is it Bethel, the house of God, or is it El Bethel, the God of the house of God that we love? Is it the Bible, or the God of the Bible that we love? Is it, is it the Bible, God's book, or is it the God of God's book that we love. This difference is very important. It's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ had against the church of Ephesus in Revelation 2.1, Revelation 2.1, where he said, under the church of, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience for my name's sake, and has labored, has not fainted. Nevertheless, all that, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Our first love is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what this first service here is all about. It's an expression of our first love to the Lord Jesus Christ. How how is it? Has our love for the Lord Jesus Christ been replaced by a love of the Bible or a love of the church or a love of Christian fellowship? That's the difference between Bethel and El Bethel. It's a reality check for us. It's so easy for us to slip from El Bethel to Bethel. It's so easy for us to get all caught up with Bethel. That's what the disciples did in Matthew 24. They were there, the temple, the house of God, Bethel. Matthew 24, 1, the Je Jesus went out, departed from the temple. That's the house of God. That's Bethel. His disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. Jesus said unto them, see ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. That's disturbing. What? I'm just telling you how beautiful all these, these buildings are. Now you're telling me they're all going to be destroyed? Oh, no. See, they were all caught up. With the, with the Bethel, the temple in Jerusalem. That's the house of God in Jerusalem. It's so easy for us to get all caught up in a church. Well, not, not in our church. <laughs> not in Mission Valley Community Chapel. We're not that impressive. 
But <laughs> when you walk into some churches, it's jaw-dropping. And all you can say is, wow, the buildings. Wow, the music. Wow, the pastor. See, those are all wows over the Bethel. Those are all wows over the house of God. They're all, they're all wows over Bethel. And all those wows over the house of God, they don't leave much wow for God. And those wows over Bethel, they don't leave much wow for Elbethel. So what Jacob is doing here when he renames Bethel Elbethel is that he, Jacob is saying, stop with all the wows over the house of God and start with all the wows over God. Stop with all the wows over the buildings, the music, the pastor, and start with the wows over God. And Jacob did this just, he did this before in his last altar, the last altar he built. So he's, in a, he's on a roll here, Jacob. He's in a pattern. When he was back in Shechem, that was his last altar. He gave it a similar name. In Genesis 33, 20, it says he erected there an altar and called it El Elohe Yisrael. El Elohe Yisrael. El Elohe Israel. See, it's a very striking name. Why? Well, first of all, Elohe Yisrael, it already kind of emphasizes God because it means the God of Israel. El Elohe Yisrael means the God of Israel. So I just say that in the in the synagogue, Elohei Abraham, Elohei Yitzhak, Elohei Yaakov, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, El Yisrael, Elohei Yisrael, the God of Israel, Elohei. But he says, no, that's not, I, I, I got to get a double emphasis here. So I mean, I'm going to call this altar El Elohei Yisrael, God, the God of Israel. It's striking because in the name of El Elohei Yisrael, it's just like Jacob is, is stepping out of himself. He says, God, I mean the God of Israel. See, heaven's an interesting place. Heaven's interesting. Crystal sea there, that's interesting. Walls of jewels there, that's interesting. Streets paved with gold, that's interesting. But more than that, we go on with God. The more we go on with God, the less interested we become in all those things in heaven that, and the more interested we become in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the most attractive feature for us about heaven is that Jesus, Shema, he, Jesus is there. The Lord Jesus Christ is there. That's what's happening here in the renaming of this place from Bethel to Elbethel, the renaming of the house of God to the God, the house of God. It's just like blind Fanny Crosby. She writes a song. She expresses that she doesn't really mind being blind for her time on earth because when her sight is restored, she's going to see the Lord Jesus Christ first. And that thought drives her to write this hymn, My Savior, First of All. And just think of these, these words that, he, that she writes. She's blind for all of her life. And she writes, when my life work is ended and I cross the swelling tide, when the bright and glorious morning I shall see, I shall know my Redeemer when I reach the other side and his smile shall be the first to welcome me. I shall know him, I shall know him and redeemed by his side I shall stand. I shall know him, I shall know him by the print of the nails in his hand. Oh, the soul-thrilling rapture when I view his blessed face and the luster of his kindly beaming eye. How my full heart will praise him for the mercy, love, and grace that prepared for me a mansion in the sky. Oh, the dear ones in glory, how they beckon me to come. And our parting at the river, I recall. To the sweet vales of Eden, they will sing my welcome home, but I long to meet my Savior first of all. 
Through the gates of the city in a robe of spotless white, he will lead me where no tears will ever fall. In the glad song of ages, I shall mingle with delight, but I long to meet my Savior first of all. See, for Fanny Crosby, it wasn't about Bethel. It was all about Elbethel. And that's the challenge for us. Is it all about Bethel or is it all about Elbethel? For us, is it all about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ or is it about the Lord Jesus Christ? It was when we were first saved. When, when, it, it, when we were first saved, it was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Everything was Jesus. We couldn't get enough of Jesus. He was our first love. I mean, how is it today? Is it the same? Or has there been a little leaving of the first love? I mean, that'd be a good name for a church. We should rename our church, First Love Church. All right, now, come to verse eight. Verse eight, but Deborah, Rebecca's nurse died. She was buried beneath Bethel under an oak, and the name of it was called Elon Barkut. So verse eight starts with an important word, but. If you don't have the King James, that's okay. It'll start with and or something. <laughs> Same concept, you know. But, so chapter 34, the chapter before, that's a pretty dark time in good old Jacob's life and his family. I mean, at the end of 34, all the blood all around of the Shechemites, the rebellion of his sons, withstanding him to his face who did that awful thing, the sexual defilement of his daughter, Dina, it was just a lot of darkness. It was much darkness. We can imagine Jacob at the end of chapter 34 wondering, am I ever going to be forgiven by God for all this? Can I ever be restored? So chapter 35 for Jacob was just coming out of the darkness into the sunlight. It was sunshine. See, verse 1 was the sunshine of God answering Jacob, yes, you are forgiven. You can be restored. Verse 1 was God inviting Jacob to make an altar to God and come out of the darkness to have fellowship with God. See, verse 1 was the sunshine of the great calling of God. See, verse 2 and verses 2 through 4 was the sunshine of the great cleansing where Jacob brought his family through repentance out of the darkness of idolatry. Verse 5 is the sunshine of the great protection of God, where God protected Jacob, protected his family from attack by sending the terror of God into the hearts of the enemies of Jacob. And verse 6 is the sunshine of the great arrival back to Bethel. And verse 7 is the sunshine of the building of the great altar to God. I mean, everything is going so well. I mean, we're all going in the right direction finally. We're coming out of darkness, we're coming into sunshine. And then right in the middle of all this sunshine comes this bam in verse 8, but. The word but is like a wall that Jacob just and his family just hit hard. You can just hear that bam. You know, he hits the wall. And now all of a sudden, this surprise, this sadness. But Deborah, Rebecca's nurse, died. Who? Why? Well, Rebecca was like one of the family. She was loved by the family. I mean, Deborah was Rebecca's nurse. She was a faithful nurse. She cared for Rebecca, especially as Rebecca got older and sick and evidently had already died.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13 and a half point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible scripture references section, Bible reference help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.